Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark River, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Michael Ho. This podcast focuses on the world of animation. In each episode, we feature all the latest news around the animation industry and the main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it is up for discussion to geek out about. Uh, this week, uh, we are back with episode 102, uh, another uh, news edition episode, uh, but this one's going to be, the main topic will be the, the 95th Academy Awards that were just this past Sunday on March 12th of 2023. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 14th of 2023, and uh, no no slaps this year, <laughs> but it, it was it was definitely a, a very good Oscar ceremony that will uh, get into a little bit uh, further in the episode, but I was pretty happy with most of the wins. I think there's maybe only like one uh, kind of winner that I w- that I wasn't uh, entirely behind who won it. But uh, now, was there there anything that you kind of uh, didn't? Or you didn't agree with for who won whatever uh, category? You know, I was actually really happy this year with all of the, uh, you know, both the nominees and the winners for the most part. I'm trying to think if there's any that, that I was mad about. Uh, overall, no. I think I was, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I was pretty stoked. Of course, I mean, secretly, Mark, or maybe not even secretly, I wanted, I thought that Top Gun... Maverick was worthy of winning Best Picture. But, you know, it's those, you know, crowd-pleasing summer movies are, are never, you know, they never do. Okay. And, but it got nominated. And I just I just, had, okay. I just had to think to myself, you know, it got nominated. And that, that in and of itself yeah. was huge. And and if anything, like the one that I, I figured that it, it should win definitively for for one of the the categories it was nominated in was for best sound so yeah i'm definitely glad that it won best sound same same which here. has now been uh just conglomerated into one category yeah, it used to be sound design and sound editing wasn't it yeah so which is which is interesting because you used to be able to have different movies win I mean, that usually was the same movie, but you could have the potentiality of yes. two different movies winning that. Uh, but it's neither here or there. But the yeah, the only one that I kind of disagreed with was the uh, was it the uh, the best supporting actor yeah, yeah. or actress rather. actress. Yeah, I, I had uh, really wanted Angela Bassett. Yeah, I mean her performance for that one. was so remarkable. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the only bummer for me with that one was that I had wished that she had won uh, for for that one. I'm not like I'm not mad that Jimmy Lee Curtis won it, but I would have preferred Angela Bassett to win. Yeah, that one. no, I hear what you're saying. I was a little disappointed too. It just seemed like though. Everything, everywhere, all at once had such momentum. Uh, yeah. Even going into the Oscars, that I thought it was probably going to you know, sweep all those oh, yeah. acting uh, uh, awards, and it did. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> yeah, and like it, it definitely uh, it, it won. Which I think it's like the first A twenty four is like the first studio to win like have a movie that won all of like those like top yes awards the best actor best or not best actor um best supporting actor uh best actress uh best director and best film and best picture yeah yeah and best, yeah so it's pretty crazy because they didn't have a best uh like actor nomination for the the film because kiyo kwan's was supporting yeah so um, but that's kind of a, a funny thing to think about now too, is that like, if you think about the cast and crew of the Goonies, how stacked the Oscar, <laughs> uh, winning thing is for that now, like I have a, a poster of the Goonies in front of me, uh, here and where I'm recording and 
so you have Sean Astin that was in a, a film that won Best Picture for Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Then you have Josh Brolin that was in No Country for Old Men that won Best Picture for that. And then you have Kia Kwan who was in Everything Everywhere All at Once whose film won Best Picture. And he also won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in that movie too. So, And then obviously Spielberg was... Uh, producer and writer on the Goonies and you know he's got his Oscars as well um, and I'm sure there's some other people that I'm forgetting with within the like the cast and crew of the Goonies that have also won Oscars too but I just think that's kind of a cool thing to think about when you the next time you watch the Goonies about how many of them have Oscars uh, somewhere in their house I love it and I, I love Jimmy Kimmel's joke about Encino Man <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Brendan Fraser and uh, he won. Um, yeah, and again, Sean Astin's in that too. Yeah, exactly. Sean Astin's in it, and and uh, whatever you know, kind of rude thing Kimmel said about Polly Shore is still so funny. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Although I saw Polly Shore responded to it, and he thought it was funny. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> and good. he's like, I liked that. I liked that I was even mentioned at the Oscars. <laughs> okay. Good. Glad he wasn't ticked, <laughs> and that yeah, and that he was just happy for his 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 like friends that he had worked with years ago to have won the awards that they did. But uh, from that, we'll segue into our our news for this episode. So the the first bit is a uh, new release that's going to be coming out uh, later this year, and it's the the, the Max Fleischer Superman. Uh, cartoons that are set to come out on digitally as well as a blu-ray release that's going to be coming out uh, i believe it is set for let me double check these sorry i lost the date i was just looking at it and i lost it uh, may 16th of this year so that's going to be coming out a little bit later this year and then what's really cool too is that it's remastered from the original negatives too so you know that this animation is going to look fantastic on in HD on the Blu-rays that it's going to be coming out from. And it's the the series of theatrical shorts, the 17 shorts that ran from September of 1941 to July of 1943. I think this is a really now, cool set. I'm excited for it. Yeah, like the the only I I have these on DVD because uh, they came with one of the like the Superman. Uh, film box sets i believe when superman returns came out that set oh, okay. came like yeah, this, that sounds... yeah it came in this like metal tin and it was like the ultimate superman collector set and it came with like superman one two three four superman returns the and the donner cut of superman two and then the the other cool thing i remember about that set is besides having the the fleischer cartoons on it it actually had a thing where you could send away to get posters for all uh five of those films so because of that, I have I have posters for nice. the seven eight Superman, Superman two, Superman three, Superman four. I, I could hang up the Quest for Peace poster if I wanted to, but <laughs> I don't really want to. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited for these to to come out. Uh, we might have to just do like a special uh, episode that's focused yes, on absolutely. this release when it com- comes out in May. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, might get some uh, guests to come on with us that that are big uh, Superman fans, yes. and so uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and then the next bit of news, I will hand over to you. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that everybody who's a fan of of uh, Avatar, the Last Airbender, is there's just like it seems like there's just a steady stream of good news, right, or just of exciting news. That's happening. Okay. So, uh, although it's not like a lot of specific details, um, it's it's been revealed that characters from the Chronicles of Avatar novels, the novels The Rise of uh, Kyoshi, am I saying that right, Mark? And yeah. The Shadow of Kyoshi, um, both written by FCE, um, that these characters are going to have substantial roles in Avatar Studios' first animated movie uh, and or TV show, both are slated for 2025. So the characters specifically are Kyoshi, um, Ranji, and I'm hoping I'm saying that right, Mark, Yoon, um, and then they're saying, and then there's uh, probably some more 
some more characters. So anyway, um, I think that, you know, the fans, many fans believe that these Kyoshi novels are some of the most, some of the best entries in the whole Avatar franchise. Uh, so hopefully this will be welcome news to everybody, um, you know, who who are, are patiently waiting for these, for these uh, cool uh, things to come out in, you know, in 2025 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, I've talked about it a few times, but like me and my son have been catching up on yes. Last Airbender. Um, so it's, a, it's we've almost finally started and finished, are going to end up finishing the show probably around the time that all this stuff finally gets released. So we'll have, we'll have timed our waiting uh, 17 plus years since the show, like the original Last Airbender series was on TV to finally watch and, and finish it. Because it was on TV like the the year, I believe the year, like the year my son was born. Yeah, I was so. going to say, was it, I think that's what you mentioned, yeah, when Patrick was born, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of crazy. The side note to that, um, the other Avatar, uh, with uh, James Cameron's Avatar, I realized the other day that the first film of his came out when I was 23, and the last film in that franchise, the Avatar 5, is currently slated to come out the year that my son will end up being 23. So it's kind of... <laughs> That's kind so of cool. Funny in a, in a way that like how that'll line up. Yes, which, amazing. Yeah. Like the only the only other time he's been like the same age as I was like when a previous film came out was when they released uh, Jurassic Park in 3D years ago. Uh, yeah. he was seven when they did that re-release, and I I was seven when the movie came out in theaters. The See. like originally back in '93. So Mark. we both got to experience it in theaters at the same at age. The same so, gosh, age. That's cool that but to it's not really a clean segue but from there the the next bit is just kind of like a like a small blip of news it's just kind of uh reportedly so it's not confirmed yet at this point in time but uh Kron Sani uh is reportedly going to be voicing Spider-Man India in the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse um, people may recognize him from he was Depender in the Deadpool movies. Uh, he's also in uh, the uh, anthology series that's been on TBS with Andrew Radcliffe, the uh, Miracle Workers, uh, where like each season of that show is kind of like a different story. Uh, but he, he's a pretty uh, funny actor. Um, so I'm not sure like how big the, the character will have like a role like within across the Spider-Verse, but I'll, I'm looking forward to, to hearing uh, possibly some of the stuff you might get to do in the movie. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, more and more excited about a lot of the stuff they've been releasing because they've been teasing some other stuff with that film too. Um, just a little bit more like story snippets recently, just like talking about how it seems like there's going to be some kind of like um, love triangle or whatever between like uh, Gwen and Miles and uh, Spider-Punk. Uh, who is voiced by Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, so it'll be, that'll be interesting to see what comes of that, too. So, yeah, excited for Karan Sani you know, to be in Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse cannot get here soon enough, Mark. I'm, I'm sorry. He's like, please, just yeah. just open. Um, anyway, I'm so excited for that, that film. Uh, we're going to be talking about this in a little bit in trailers, but... Uh, hopefully everybody's seen the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem trailer because it looks terrific, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I, so pleased with, with the animation style. And one of the things that I also think is really great about it is they've cast teenagers as the turtles. So so here's the... here's And, and then we've got some adult uh, uh, in, you know, casting information too. So... Let's start with the turtles. Um, Nicholas Cantu is going to be voicing Leonardo, and um, he—you might know him. He—he—he uh, he, he has been a voice of Gumball Watterson in the Amazing World of Gumball. Oh yeah. Um, Brady Noon is is voicing Raphael. 
and he's been in uh, the the latest uh, Mighty Ducks uh, series on on Disney Plus, the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. R.I.P. And so yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a uh, Shimon Brown Jr. is voicing Michelangelo. Um, he is from uh, is it the Chai? I'm not sure how you um, pronounce that, and I think I've heard of that show, but then again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. It's either the Chai yeah. or the Chi, um, but I think it's the Chai. Uh, Mike Abbey is voicing Donatello, and uh, he uh, he's been in the show Cousins for Life. Um, anyway, so that's cool. But then you get to the adult cast, which is it's awesome. Jackie Chan is voicing Splinter, you know, Master yeah. Splinter, which I think is, you know, he needs no introduction. How awesome is that going to be? Um, Iowa Debiri, again, sorry if I butcher these names. She's playing um, April O'Neil. Uh, she was, uh, she's been in The Bear, the the, the series The Bear. And now, oh, yeah. she, and then she's going to be playing, um, you know, April O'Neil. And then uh, John Carlos Esposito is playing Baxter Stockman. So, uh, you know, he's probably going to be the main villain of the film. And right. and uh, anyway, so stoked about that. And Seth Rogen and John Cena are going to be playing Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. Uh, nice. Natasha Dimentrio is w- playing Wingnut. Yeah, and people, if they don't recognize her name, she's uh, Nadia on the, or Naja, sorry, on the FX show, What We Do, well, we the, do show, the Shadows. And then Rose Byrne is playing Leatherhead. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah. this list just goes on and on. Post Malone is playing <laughs> Ray Filet. Hannibal, Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog. Ice Cube is playing Superfly. Maya Rudolph is Cynthia Utram. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, it just yeah. goes on and on. I think this is going to be so much fun. I mean, the animation looks great, and then, then what a terrific vocal cast they've you know they've assembled. I'm really excited for this film. Uh, other thing about the the kid Brady Noon who's playing Raphael. Yes, he was also in the Seth Rogen. Uh, produced uh, film the uh, Good Boys. Oh yeah. Um, so, I, I think that's at least the, kind of the connection that that Seth Rogen had, at least with him for this. But yeah, I, I'm glad that because I, I knew that with this film in particular, like he he really wanted to uh, connect to the like the teenager aspect of it more than has been in the past. Because uh, usually the mutant, the ninja, and the turtle part is heavily uh, spoke upon within um, any iteration that we've seen before in animation or the, like the live action '90s films. Um, but sometimes not as much the the teenage portion of the TMNT. Um, so I'll I'll be excited to see the iterations for this. I'm not sure if that the other Ninja Turtles film. That was being produced uh, by Colin Jost, uh, who from SNL is also still being uh, made. Yeah. Cause that one was going to be live action, if I remember. Um, I mean, it could happen. We just get tons of Ninja Turtles, but definitely excited for that, uh, and definitely for like Jackie Chan as as Master Splinter, and like Seth Rogen and John Cena as Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, and I guess I just I just appreciate that. Uh, it just kind of feels like this is going back to the real roots uh, of of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm getting, not that I'm yeah. some expert or anything, but and I just really like that the, their turtles are being voiced by by teenagers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, and the uh, the next bit of news that we had was that the Spirited Away play is going to be he- uh, heading to movie theaters here. Uh, in the United States uh, this spring, which, much like like how Disney uh, released Hamilton on Disney Plus, this is always something that I kind of hope 
happens more often with like stage plays and like musicals that maybe not necessarily everybody's going to be able to, to get the chance to go yeah. to see like live and performed in front of them for them to film uh like one of these performances of it and like its first iteration so that it can be either purchased digitally or put on some streaming service or released in theaters like as a fathom events type thing because i mean there's money to be made there for them to do that so i don't know i i would just like to see this happen more often with other things i because i'll definitely like to see this because it's it was from two filmed performances of spirited way live on stage uh it says we'll head to screens in north america uh and you can already buy tickets for yeah, it yeah it's too. on fathom uh, events right yeah fathom and it's gonna com. be it's gonna be part of the studio ghibli fest of this year um and it'll be in theaters around april 27th and 30th of this year uh so i'm definitely probably gonna go check this out cause, i want to uh, see it too yeah, I'm, I'm curious just to see, because, like, we've seen, like, the photos of it, and it, it looks really interesting, especially how they've translated, like, the film from its animation styles to, like, this live-action stage play version of it, and, like, the puppets that they made, and the costumes, and makeup, and everything. Um, so I'm definitely excited to check this out, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, just... Make more stuff like this. I, I would I would like to be like have have the chance to see more uh, like Broadway shows and uh, stage plays like this that might not necessarily else have a chance to do so. Right. Just like you know, like like all of the Disney Broadway shows. Again, like how they put Hamilton on there. I know that was like a Disney produced thing, but they just kind of acquired it to put it on Disney Plus. It would be cool to see like you know like the Frozen Broadway show or Aladdin. Yeah, uh, Lion King, just because Lion King's been playing for, for twenty decades. plus years yeah. now. Yeah, um, I don't uh, like. It would have been nice if they had like a filmed version of like the Beauty and the Beast Broadway show too. So this is, I mean, if anything, just to have this stuff for like posterity for like when yeah. like they do finally finish their runs, and that way you have like a a filmed version of like the original cast and everything filmed and you can film them in different ways you can where you can either have like the static just shot of the stage or film it kind of like in a way kind of like the Hamilton one was done where it's like uh, more filmic in, in nature where it's you know like following different aspects or portions of the the characters that are on stage at any given point in it um, but yeah I'm definitely excited to check this out uh, and then the the next bit was, it was just like a tiny bit of news, was that the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, is releasing two days earlier than it was going to be now, uh, moving up from Friday, April 7th to Wednesday, April 5th. And the only thing I have to say about that is that it should have come out a few days ago on March 10th, as everybody knows is called Mario Day, M-A-R-1-0, Mario. I was like, that's it was such a missed opportunity that they didn't release the Super Mario Brothers movie, which that was also a Friday too, so it would have like timed to be like the day that a movie release usually comes out. So yeah. it's still kind of surprising that they didn't release it on March 10th. And it's not even like the films that were out this past weekend uh, would have ate into uh, its... It's kind of um, its audience, uh, but because the only other like big release was Scream Six, and I don't think there is like too much of a crossover there as far as like the audience. Like I mean, I would have seen both. I saw Scream Six yeah. this past weekend, but I don't. Th I don't think it would have hurt either films like box office by releasing both in the, the same weekend, but. Definitely think it was a missed opportunity not to release Mar Super Mario Brothers on March 10th. On March I mean, 10th. Think of what they could have just done with the posters. Just, you know. It would have been really I mean, fun. But And, you know, yeah. I don't know this is comparable, Mark, but you think that, that like, on May the 4th, which has really kind of become de facto Star Wars Day for, for, oh, for yeah. most of the world, uh, that uh, 
at least for the casual fans, right? Uh, yeah. That it, you know they should always release something Star Wars on May Fourth too. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah. The um. There's. I thought this was really cool news that you had you had shared with me earlier too, and I'm excited we can talk about it. That there's a new. Uh, Flintstones themed animated series, uh, you know, animated comedy TV show. Uh, it scored a pilot at Fox. They're calling it Bedrock, and uh, yeah. it's got a pretty cool cast. Elizabeth Banks is, is uh, has been cast as Pebbles. Uh, Stephen Root has been cast as Fred Flintstone. Amy Sedaris as Wilma. I love Amy Sedaris in pretty much everything. Speaking of Star Wars, I love her in The Mandalorian. I know she's, I know she's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicole Byer as Betty, uh, Joel Trulio as Barney, and Manny Jacinto as Bam Bam. So anyway, um, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is the executive producer, and um, so the, the, the project has scored a pilot, and uh, at uh, so Warner Brothers Animation and Fox Entertainment are co-producing it and anyway it's just you know just the latest animated project for fox which has still got this you know dominating the just the network primetime tv landscape with simpsons family guy bob's burgers which we'll be talking about here in a bit more in a minute um hey. anyway pretty cool that what do you yeah. think about this show yeah the premise is interesting too it's essentially a well there's so many spin-offs and kind of follow-ups and sequels to like that original Flintstones series that I don't know if this is technically still supposed to I don't I don't know like how how hard to the the canon uh like possibly some Flintstones fans are um but like you know because I know there was like the remember there was like I don't know if they were teenagers or adult uh like Bam Bam and Pebbles uh do you remember that yes I do remember it, and I'm trying to remember what the specifics were, Mark. You know, but yes, but I, I, yeah, I just can't remember if they were te- if they're supposed to be teenagers or adults. Because yeah. I remember when I was when I was a kid, I always thought that that Scooby Doo that they were all adults in that. And then I found out much later that they were supposed to be teenagers. They're teenagers, but yeah, v- yeah, voiced by adults but, that <laughs> look like adults. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so in this, it says that the series continues the story uh, from the Flintstones and it catches up with the family uh, basically 20 years later after that with Fred on the brink of retirement and uh, 20-something Pebbles embarking on her own career as the Stone Age gives away to a shiny and enlightened new Bronze Age the residents of the Bedrock uh, Bedrock will find this evolution harder than a swing from Bam Bam's Club (laughs) so I, I remember that at one point, Seth MacFarlane was developing some kind you know, of Flintstones I TV re- show too. I remember and that too, and I don't know if that just kind of like died, fizzled but, out, or what. Yeah. If, so, yeah. yeah, I like the cast for this too because uh, a lot of these actors were either in, uh, or at least two of them were were in like a Mike Schur show, like with Manny Jacinto and Joe Latrugio, uh in the Good Place and Brooklyn Nine Nine, respectively. Uh, and so that'll be, I, I like seeing, uh, Manny Jacinto in more stuff too, after the good place. Cause I really liked him as Jason in the good place. And he actually filmed stuff for Top Gun Maverick too, but like pretty much most of his scenes in that movie got cut out. Yeah. Cut. Yeah. So like, if you watch the credits, it'll say like the characters, they manage, uh, Manny Jacinto. Like listed there, but you're like, wait, when was he in the movie? Yeah. Um, but if you, there's a bunch of deleted scenes that are on the, the, the home release for that, so you can see all of his scenes there. Uh, but there's there's a lot more students that were in like the the Top Gun uh, kind of academy uh, that essentially got ended up getting cut out of the film, just to kind of tighten up the story. It seems like, but yeah, it's. This should be interesting to see what they do with this, uh, and it'll just definitely be a, like you know another thing within Fox's animation Sundays that they have 
So that should be cool to see. Alright, and we're now segueing over to uh, for season two of Marvel's What If. Uh, we're going to be meeting a new character on that. Uh, now, did you see Prey last year? The the Predator prequel, sequel kind of show? I did not. Or movie or other? Pre- Prey, right? Was that the name of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so in, in this, uh, for season two, there's going to be uh, a new character that's showing up who is... Um, I'm probably gonna, like you said earlier, I'm probably gonna uh, butcher the name of the Kahori, uh, who is uh, basically an episode that asks what if what would happen if the Tesseract had fell to Earth and landed in the sovereign uh, Haudenosaunee Confederacy before the colonization of America. Uh, so, in that, uh, and there's a photo of the, of the character. It looks pretty cool, um, and this will be kind of interesting to see, like basically. Uh, like, what if some of this stuff had happened had it, like, landed uh, with, like, the Native Native Americans uh, and, like, what all would have happened there. Now, the the actress that's playing her is the, um, the same uh, actress who was, not that I was saying, from the, the Prey uh, film that came out last year. Uh, I'm trying to find her name really quick. That was Amber Midthunder, um, but she's going to be voicing the character in this, and uh, it just looks pretty cool. I'm I've enjoyed this show too. I'm not sure when season two of What If will uh, be released because like right now it seems like some of that's up in the air as far as if it'll be this year or next year. Uh, but in this it says the Tesseract takes on a new life. Uh, and a new mythology transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars and leading Kahori, a young Mohawk woman, on a quest to discover her power. Uh, so in that, the episode was created in close collaboration with members of the Mohawk Nation. Um, so this is this is pretty cool. And uh, like having lived in like upstate New York um, before moving to Arizona, it's uh, I remember like learning a whole bunch about like the Mohawk and whatnot, like when I was in elementary school, because they would focus on the the Native Americans that like lived in the region yeah. that, that I had lived in up there. So it's cool to to check this out, um, and uh, it's just cool to to see like a like I hadn't heard of this character before, but I'm excited to check out this episode. And I like this idea of doing these what if episodes too that are more than just like. Uh, like sudden sidesteps of like a movie we already saw, but where it's like this big leap of like, what if this happened like forty, like forty thousand years ago, or or a hundred years ago, or, or in like a different time or whatnot. Um, so I'm definitely excited for this. And what do you think about it as well? You know. Uh... There was a lot I liked about What If season one, and so I'm with you. I think this 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 sounds like a really interesting story, and um, you know I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. And, and kudos to the, uh, you know, to the creative team for really I think doing something different. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it, and hopefully, um, it'll be out this this year maybe. I'll see, and it looks like uh, Funko yeah. is also gonna, gonna release a, <laughs> a special glow in the dark. The amazing uh, Funko, <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't show up in a landfill here in Arizona, uh, like uh, a lot of other uh, Funko pops recently have. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but from there, I will hand off the next story. Yeah. To you. So, um, had, did you see Creed three? Have you seen Creed three? Yeah, yeah, I did too, and it's solid. You know, yeah. good. It's those have been good movies. No, you know, no question, Agreed. no question about it. So, uh, you know, Amazon is now the parent company of of uh, MGM, right? Who was the studio behind uh, these Creed movies, and you know, including Creed three, 
And so there's a there's a story out that just saying that Amazon is reportedly thinking about expanding the franchise with spin-off series and films. So there's not a lot of uh, you know info about it, but one thing that people are spe- speculating about is that you know, as you may have heard and it's very it's very visible or you know, when you see the movie that um, some of the boxing scenes were really he- heavily influenced by anime. And oh, yeah. so I think there's a the thought about maybe that 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 the Creed cinematic universe, you know, or whatever it's going to be called, uh, might include an animated series. So that was just more just like that's just kind of fun, a fun thing uh, to think about. And you know, there's just so much potential it, it could go in any any number of directions. But but uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's it's just interesting to think about the fact that like with the the rocky films like there's what like six yeah six rocky movies and then the character of rocky's then appeared in creed and creed 2 uh and it's not a spoiler to say that he's not in creed 3 um but it's so it's just kind of interesting like like how much is kind of like built from like those original six movies and like how how this whole kind of you, you want to expect there to be like this whole universe from like you go back and watch the original rocky movie to then now there's technically within in that world there has been uh nine, nine movies films t- technically yeah. at this point yeah so that's just crazy. I'm like, I don't know all what all uh, like Sylvester Stallone's involvement would be because it seems like um, he had some issues and wasn't happy with some things that happened with the production of Creed Three that I'm not entirely yeah sure of all. I'm like, not the, sure the stuff for that. And, but, and as you just mentioned, he's not in it at all. He gets yeah. he get, like he gets like an executive producer credit, and that's like the only time you see. You and know. probably and uh, and like probably based on characters created by credit too. yeah 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 yeah. that's right i think yep uh but yeah i'm i thought the it, like speaking of of creed 3 is that i thought it was directed very well especially if it was michael b jordan's directorial yeah. debut he, it was solid uh, he, he, he yeah he did a very good job and you you could definitely see how influenced he was by all the anime that he had grown up watching uh and <laughs> They even he even uh, like pays homage to some of it too, like in like a like a young Adonis Creed's uh, bedroom. He's got a bunch of posters for anime series in there, like like Naruto and yeah. Uh, I don't remember some of the other ones in there, but oh, he's got like a lot of Gundam toys in there too. Yeah. I noticed too. Uh, but yeah, like there's a very lot, a lot of stylistically done scenes in this that. Like I said, I like even like going back to that first Rocky movie too. Like this, you want to picture like some of the like these stylistic choices that were like in Creed Three being like within like the same universe as like what you would have saw like Rocky Balboa or Rocky Two or what whatever it may be in the past. So it's it is interesting to see like this kind of world um, of Rocky and and Creed kind of expand like that. Uh, so it should be interesting to see see what they do. They, they probably this is kind of a spoiler, I guess, for Rocky Three. If people haven't seen Rocky Three, uh, but with they probably kind of wish that they hadn't uh, killed off Apollo Creed in Rocky Three, since Carl Weathers is still alive and. Uh, and doing great. Kick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess they could always have him appear uh, to Michael B. Jordan as like I don't know, Forest like, Ghost. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's in, he's in Star Wars and he appeared as a, a ghost in Happy Gilmore. So, uh, well, he, he's done he's done all those things before. So, uh, should be interesting to see what the ha- happens there. But speaking of Amazon, uh, they also. Uh, scooped up the Batman Cape Crusader animated series uh, from Bruce Tim uh, that had been being developed at HBO Max after HBO Max kind of dumped a bunch of their stuff that had been in development 
Uh, so this is this was first announced last year in May of 2020, or sorry, not last year, two years ago, May of 2021. Um, it's, it sounds basically like a spiritual successor to the Batman, the animated series of the 90s. Um, the upcoming show is created by uh, executive producers J.J. Abrams, uh, Matt Reeves, and um, the original Batman the Animated Series developer Bruce Tim, like I said. Uh, so it's going to looks like it's going to be a 10-episode first season. And then the Amazon sale is part of Warner Brothers Discovery's plans to monetize content by selling it to third parties. Uh, I still think this would have been funny if it had shown up on Disney Plus, just because it would have been <laughs> funny to have the, like the Batman, the Cape Crusader, yeah. on the same service as Marvel stuff. Uh, but this should be interesting to to have it on there. It's I don't know. It's still kind of I don't know. It's still kind of weird though. Just like you'd think that they'd want to have like all of their DC it's content puzzling. on the same thing, but I don't know. We'll still be able to watch it, yeah. uh, but you'll be able to watch Batman on the same streaming service that you can watch Invincible on. So right. you got that going for it. And the boys, so you can watch the boys, Batman and Invincible all on the same oh, streaming service. You don't have to, you don't have to switch to another, over to another streaming service. You know, Mark, yeah. I thought that, I mean, I was happy that this show because I was excited about this show, and and with just with the slashing that's been going on, the cost cutting going on at Warner Brothers Discovery, I wondered, you know, if what was going to happen with it, and so I'm glad that it lives. But it does seem odd. I mean, I guess, you know, it'll it'll be you know a revenue generator uh, yeah. for them, and maybe they think they'll earn more money that way, you know, selling it to Amazon rather than streaming it themselves but yeah i'm with yeah. you it's, it does seem it does seem kind of weird and i guess too i'm just going to be interested to see how over time if if dc i mean i know they're going to do some but if dc's going to try to adopt you know with their extended universe uh film and television properties all in one you know like uh like Marvel's Marvel's been doing with Disney Plus, but anyway, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Oh, and we we didn't really talk about it when they announced it, um, but like also like James Gunn had uh, like when he announced like the uh, DCU uh, content like a like a few weeks ago, like back in January. Yeah, like their so their initial said, slate yeah. with this or their. Kind of yeah, reset. we had, yeah, we had missed it, but uh, the uh, creature commandos. Yeah, it'll be interesting with that as far as like what service will that be on, and then like if now that he like he's trying to uh, kind of create this like you know like the DCU and have it like be more interconnected. Uh, similar to but not in exactly the same way as the mcu uh like how how will that all work if like something's on one yeah streamer and something's on something else and then like they had also said that like some stuff will be labeled as dc elseworlds yes uh so like will like the batman cape crusader show be called dc elseworlds that's what i'm wondering if it's going to be a dc elseworld probably will colon batman colon the Cape Crusader, <laughs> colon. <laughs> but, yeah, so it should just be interesting to see what all happens with that. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, cool. I'm just glad that the show's not dead, so and we'll still be able to watch it. So that's that's something to be happy about, at least. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. Well, and Mark, didn't James Gunn say that with Creature Commandos that he's going to cast... Do the voice cast with the same actors oh, yeah. that will play these characters? Oh, yeah, at least that's the plan that's for the now. Is that current plan? The actors that do the voices or do, are the characters in live action will also be the voices in animation. Yeah, so. well, really interesting to see how that all comes together. Wish them, wish them good yeah. luck with it. You know, wish them all good things. So, um, uh, our final news story, Mark, is, and I didn't see this. This happened yesterday on. On uh, speaking of Fox animation domination, uh, this happened yesterday. There was a crossover, another crossover between 
three of our favorite TV animated dads. Uh, there was um, Peter Griffin from Family Guy, of course, Homer Simpson from The Simpsons, and Bob Belcher all together on the same show. So the March, I was I was watching the Academy Awards. I, I, I did not I did not see this oh, on yeah, Sunday, but the March twelfth episode of Family Guy uh, featured a crossover scene uh, with The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers that involved all three of the dads. Um, in the opening of the installment, um, uh, Lois starts to tell Peter about a dream she had the night before. And as you can imagine, Peter is Peter's really not interested. <laughs> so he politely backs out of the kitchen, out of the house, down the street, and all the way into the show, uh, airing before his um, Bob's Burgers. So um, Homer Simpson is also there, but he's more interested in just eating his burger than he is in his animated colleagues. Um, looking at the menu, Peter inquires why there are two sets of prices, and he may not like what he learns. Um, it's an Emmy discount. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> inside joke. Um, anyway, uh, that's, you know, that's fun. I'm glad, I'm glad they could, I, I'm glad they can do that all. And it just as, as of note, I think we've talked about this too, Mark, but all three of those shows were recently renewed for two more seasons. So, yeah. so uh, they're so, doing well. They'll have time to do that again if they want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that that does it for like the main news, uh, which will then move us over into the trailers that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, so Stanford talked about a little bit earlier uh, with the Seth Rogen's Ninja Turtles film, uh, and with that movie, uh, definitely has a very. You can tell that it was definitely very heavily influenced by Sony Pictures Animation's. Uh, Spider-Man into the the Spider-Verse as a lot of animated films that have come out since then have kind of been uh so yeah like with this it you can definitely see like the comic book influence of like the art style in this uh, you can see like what looks like a mix of CG and almost painted hand-drawn animation to it uh like it just looks very stylized and i i love the like like what it looks like in this yeah looks so great now was there and now was there anything like stood out from the the trailer to you at all you know i think the main thing mark was just the overall look of it uh again leaning heavily into this into the style that that wowed us all in 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 spider-man into the spider-verse but then also i think the dreamworks is is doing because uh, i loved i loved are the bad guys and with the bad guys and with puss and boots the last wish i thought that dreamworks really uh delivered some really beautiful animation that was you know unusual uh, different from their traditional cgi style so i, I this this just had me at hello, you know. I just thought it looked great. Uh, yeah, yeah. And almost like some of it, like the style, almost looks like it was done as like uh, claymation a little yes, bit. Yes, it totally looks like claymation. Yeah, which I love. Uh, yeah, I I'm very excited for this. Like, uh, it's coming out uh, coming out in August of this year. Uh, like when I was younger, I was a huge fan of the, the Ninja Turtles when I was a little kid so I'm uh, very excited for this and to, I, I like the, the little uh, blurb in the, the trailer too where it says from permanent teenager Seth Rogen yeah that's perfect he's the perfect person to be involved with this yeah so I'm, I'm definitely very excited this for this uh, also you know, based off of the, the cast list that we read off earlier too uh, it's it'll be uh a very fun movie to to watch, uh, but the the next kind of colorful and uh, seemingly fun movie to check out is uh, it's going to be coming out from G Kids uh, is this Unicorn Wars um, film. Uh, they released a clip from this a few weeks ago. Uh, it's coming or it's. Uh, in theaters and it's on demand actually already as of a couple days ago um, but like this clip was uh, basically like a teddy bear like boot camp yeah 
like the um, Care Bears or in a boot camp. Uh, yeah, and the like the uh, like style done for this is is very cool. It's a, like another hand drawn uh, film or looking film. So, what what did you think about the the clip? Well, for I was this? happy to see the clip. You know, Mark, this was a title. This movie uh, was one of the selections at the Animationist Film uh, Film Festival that I went to last fall in in L.A. And I just remember the description about it was just it was it's an anti-war film, and and it's these cute creatures go to war, and supposedly it's just incredibly violent. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting viewing experience, not one that you necessarily expect, seeing these very adorable, you know, kind of huggable creatures that are just, you know, massacring each other. Um, so I was happy, actually, to see the clip, because I, I, that's not... I picked something else, you know. I didn't see it at the film festival. But uh, it intrigued me, and so I was happy to happy to see this clip. It's, it's kind of getting a, a taste of what this film, uh, you know, is what it's like yeah uh yeah so i'm definitely will want to check that out i don't i don't know if it's playing around here because i haven't seen it. i haven't yeah. seen it either and i was wondering if it was going to be a fathom event and maybe it has been and i just you know didn't either didn't pay attention to it or i was like oh yeah there's that violent film that i'm probably not gonna go see <laughs> but, okay. yeah uh, but so like the the next thing was recently the the final trailer for the Super Mario Brothers. Uh, they released it as part of the um, the Super Mario Brothers like Nintendo Direct, uh, and they released it uh, this the other day on March 9th, and they they talked about Mario Day in there too. Um, and in there it was like this part of the, like this like six minute video. Uh, Seth Rogen's also in this too, <laughs> nice. Because um, he's because he's also in that movie as Donkey Kong, um, but yeah, it's got uh, Seth Rogen, Charlie Day, Keegan Michael Key, and Chris Pratt. Like, uh, kind of introducing something about the movie and one part of it, and then there's like another pre-recorded bit that's got Anya Taylor Joy and Jack Black, um, so Prince Peach and Bowser talking about it. Uh, it's not so the actual trailer itself is only like about three and a half minutes uh it's not until about three and a half minutes into the video that like the actual trailer starts um but it's i this movie looks very fun um i'm gonna try to see it in 3d if i can because it just with like all the like the different effects and stuff in this and the different scenes blast in 3d yeah for sure yeah um like the animation in this uh looks beautiful it's done by illumination it looks a lot different than like past illumination films as well too uh like the the despicable me movies and the secret life of pets movies among other um but it just looks very faithful to the uh, like video game series, <laughs> I even like have seen shot to like look like a like a platformer, like with uh, Mario like like side scrolling across the screen, like yep. for certain stuff that's set up. They've somehow been able to work like Mario Kart in and Rainbow Road into the, into the, movie, the movie as well. Too. Yeah, so it's it's very ingenious kind of the way that they worked a lot of this stuff into the movie, and I'm. I'm definitely gonna be excited to to check this out when it comes out. Yeah, I still wish same. that it came out a couple of days ago. I know it's on March 10th. Well, they, and they, you know, that just would give them a head start on all the bazillion dollars that they're gonna earn. I think this thing's gonna be huge. Uh, yeah, and it'll it'll probably be at, at next year's uh, Oscars as one of the best animated feature nominees. I would bet probably. Well, too. It looks it looks promising. So let's hope, let's hope it's good. But I think there's probably every indication that this film's gonna be a real crowd pleaser for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's our trailers. And uh, before we get into our main topic, I'll just briefly discuss our recommendations for this week. Uh, mine was the, uh, How It Should Have Ended, uh, animated short for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, I'm always a fan of the, the shorts that How It Should Have Ended does. 
uh, for any movie, uh, especially ones that I enjoyed a lot too. Uh, so whenever they do that, it's it's they're always. I like their stuff too because they're not cynical, um, as opposed to like some other like videos that are like, kind of like this online. Honest like, trailers, you know, can be. Yeah, honest trailers has gotten more kind of more. Cynical sometimes and cynical they're. Just, I mean, they're over they're the funny, years, but sometimes the idea they can be super cynical. Yeah. Yeah, whereas like these just kind of tongue in cheek, the poke fun at like some sometimes uh, some small like uh, plot holes or yes creative things you may have not thought of yeah. While, yeah like while you were watching yeah. the movie and then you're like oh wait oh oh yeah they could have done this if they hadn't done that um, so I would definitely check uh, recommend to check this out um, it just got they just dropped it about like 12 hours ago too, uh, okay from, like, I was gonna say yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet Mark so I'm excited to check it out but yeah uh, that's my recommendation for this week. And then, what's your sample? So, I, you know, as, as I think we've talked about, in in commemoration of the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, my movie watching project this year, just my personal project, is is to watch a hundred of my favorite Disney movies. And uh, right now, I've just been in a real sweet spot, which has been, and I've been watching them in chronological order. I mean, I, I, I curated the, the list myself so these are movies you know that i just that i love and i've already seen but uh this is a sweet spot between uh in the late 50s early 60s before walt disney died and i just watched both sleeping beauty which came out in 1959 and 101 dalmatians which came out in 1961 and those those films are just two of my all-time favorites and they're just stunning uh for different reasons you know Sleeping Beauty, I think, yeah. is one of the finest animated films ever made, but it was also one of the most expensive, <laughs> and it didn't perform right. very well initially, so they really kind of had to change their tune with 101 Dalmatians, which was the film that you know came out after Sleeping Beauty, and it's just a knockout, even though they were using kind of some different processes and whatnot, and a really different artistic style. I really, I just love both films, so that, anyway. Both on Disney+, Plus, beautiful prints on Disney+. Plus. Um, yes. So, um, having fun with that, and h- highly recommended for any Disney fans out there. Very cool. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking out uh, your podcast where you've been talking about these as well too, because uh, that's that's linked in every episode of this too. And yeah, in our show notes for doing too, that, so. Mark. Yeah, movies past and present. Uh, it's that's been fun, and we're going to be recording one down the road here. But I'm excited about that. Yeah, up. speaking of speaking of Mikey, speaking of Mighty Ducks earlier this episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so that will be our recommendations for the week, and then our main topic uh, this week is the 95th Academy Awards that were just this past Sunday on March 12th. Uh, so uh, we already kind of talked preliminary or at the start of the episode of like the overall like what we thought of the the event itself um but this portion here we're just going to talk about the kind of stuff that would be animation related from the event and it was kind of nice this year was the first award that was handed out was for the fe- best feature animation it was like literally the the first one how cool is um, that and what the other thing that was nice too was that uh when Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt came out there uh, probably just getting off of the Jungle Cruise, uh, they were talking about animation, and I liked that they actually weren't making fun of animation. Yeah. Like uh, sometimes it have been done, like in the past, when right. whoever's presenting People the animation award makes fun of it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked this bit here. Like they were like Dwayne Johnson was like we're actually reading off a bunch of the stuff that like about like how animation. Uh, is like the very definition of cinema and whatnot uh, but as we all kind of like had guessed uh, the winner for feature animation was Game of the Trolls Pinocchio yeah. you know speaking of momentum right it had I thought so much momentum going in into the Oscars I, I just would have been really shocked that you know if it hadn't have, uh, you know, have won yeah and like uh, again like in his his acceptance speech for that uh, kind of repeated the the same things um, he's been saying the past few times 
Um, it's one like at the Golden Globes yep. or, um, or, and we have T-shirts. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I was actually wearing it earlier today. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, but like we're the animationist cinema. Uh, the yeah, honorary android on T Public created the the art for that. Uh, but yeah, the animation cinema animation is not just a genre for kids. Um, animation is ready to be taken to the next step. Please help us keep animation in the conversation. Yeah, and I was so happy too. I mean, again, I think this I think this film is deserving in every regard. But I was so happy that that uh, a stop motion animated film won. And yep. that that specific, uh, you know, artistic form was getting some love. That that made me really happy. Yeah, uh, me too. Especially for like this year with like uh, a new Leica film coming out uh, finally for the first time in a few yeah. years. Um, just because they haven't had like super uh, box office like the past few times. Uh, like the past few of their films have come out, so hopefully, maybe with like this kind of rejuvenated, um, it could be a real shot in the arm, or motion. just awareness, right? That people are gonna be like, "Oh, maybe we should go check that out." You know, stop motion, so it's yeah. extra cool. But yeah, if, uh, if people haven't checked out Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio yet, um, definitely check that out on Netflix. We also did an episode of that yeah. uh, back a, a few months ago yeah. too, so we can, we'll link to that in our show notes too. One quick thing too, Mark. I this is also one of those categories. I thought all five films that were nominated were worthy. Oh yeah, and, and we we talked about all five of them. Yeah, too. I was gonna say we talked about all five, but that I thought was cool too. And again, of course, I'm always kind of I'm always rooting for Pixar. <laughs> I thought it was a long shot. You know, I didn't think that Turning Red would right. win, but but uh, still, it got nominated, and that yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, um, and that's that. I think I still think that Turning Red is a good uh, double feature with Everything Everywhere All at Once because yes. they're very similar That's a in great kind idea. of um, yeah. their story themes because they're both about uh, mothers and daughters yep. and mother-daughter relationships. Uh, so I would, and I want to say, no, I, I'm not entirely 100% certain, but I, I was going to say, I want to say James Hong does a voice in turning red i think he does and, and is also in everything everywhere and else. In, yeah <laughs> but yeah and then so the the next one was the uh animated short that one was for the boy the mole the fox and the horse uh and have you got to watch this yet no. i haven't seen i just it only just got added to uh, i saw it to the apple tv plus like this morning after yeah, it won the Oscar. Yeah, you know, it was on Apple TV Plus a bit ago, and then I guess I don't know if it got pulled or what. But anyway, I never, I didn't, I just haven't seen it, so I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it. I, uh, I've been embarrassed about it. I, I haven't seen any of the animated, nominated animated shorts this year, if I'm, if I remember correctly. I, well, some of them are just like hard to find. Yeah, they're hard to find. Yeah, like that's the only bummer. I'm like. They're hard to find if you want to find them uh, under official ways, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, like, if you're, if you're not using uh, nefarious ways to find them, is, is what I mean. James Hong is in Turning Red. He's the voice, of, right, Mr. Cool. the voice of Mr. Gao. I'm just reporting. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so if you want a James Hong double feature, too. Yeah. There, there you go. You know, uh, Mark, sometimes I know that there's some, like, the Art House Theater in Salt Lake has been playing... All of the, um, all of the nominated shorts, nominated shorts. You could just like pay for one ticket and see all the animated shorts, and do another way and get all the like documentary shorts, oh, yeah. you know. Or um, anyway, but uh, but I didn't do that. You know, I didn't do any of that this year. Yeah, um, but yeah, I the like from what I saw of it, like the animation looked pretty interesting, and it, it definitely did look like a like a children's story. Yes. Look like it's based off of. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely will check it out, especially now that it it won for the the best uh, animated short. Same here. Uh, and then the last of the kind of animation centric uh, awards uh, that we'll discuss was the visual effects 
uh, winner was Avatar the, the Way of Water. Uh, <laughs> that was obviously going to, I feel like was obviously going to win that with uh, Why Did Digital's work on that movie. Um, just because, like, half the, you can't even, like, if you didn't know half that stuff was a, a visual effect, you might not know that it was a visual effect. Yeah. Um, it's just how good the, the work was on that movie um, and then th- there's just f- three three yeah three three more of those movies that are in the pipeline to come out too yeah. so it's can only imagine like as like the technology gets better year over year um, over the next few years like how much oh. even better it'll look I was between now and so then. wowed by Avatar The Way of Water, well, as I was, you know, from the first one in, you know, 2009, uh, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and, oh, my goodness, I kind of, I mean, I was, by the end of the movie, I was ready to go home, you know, but I, but I almost, but I didn't want it to end, because it was just, it was so beautiful, I was so impressed, oh, yeah. with, I was so impressed with the work that everybody did on that movie. For sure. Yeah, on, it I, I liked the the joke Jimmy Kimmel made too about um, the the two people that wanted you to go back to the theater didn't come to the theater tonight because James James Cameron <laughs> James wasn't there Cameron and, and Tom Cruise Tom Cruise both weren't there uh, but I, yeah I just thought that was funny it was funny yeah it was funny but yeah the, that so that was kind of um, at least all the animation centric uh, stuff that happened at the the Academy Awards. They did show a trailer for the live action Little Mermaid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which which was which was interesting. Yeah. But uh, I hate you so much, Mark. I hate, <laughs> I hate and it's gonna make a billion dollars and and there you go. And maybe it's gonna be good. Did you see how horrible okay. Sebastian the Crab looks? And you know, we just got a little glimpse I think of Flounder who looks horrible. They, they they still have plenty of time. To oh, just is killing me. <laughs> stuff underwater, like stuff underwater, always is kind of tough to do with visual effects. But yeah, as you saw, how many years it took for the wave of water to come out. So, uh, but yeah, so that will do it for this episode. Uh, so don't forget you can follow us on, on Twitter individually. I'm at Mark Pepper. Stanford is at Stanford Clark. Um, you can find the show on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, both at Animation Fascination for the handle, Twitter at Animated Podcast. You can email us at Animation Fascination and Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can visit our website, animationfascination.net, uh, where you can find links for merch and other stuff there. Trent Vactor edits our episodes. Uh, but I'm Mark Herbert, so for myself, Sanford Clark, uh, Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time.